1: you ever looked in the mirror and wondered why our skin gets leathery as we get older? Well, the reason is because as we age, our bodies slowly stop producing the most important nutrient your skin requires for proper health, and that is collagen. Now, this is why tens of thousands are turning to this amazing substance to replenish this diminishing but vital protein. It uses the top five critically important types of collagen to support skin elasticity, hydration, and to bring back that youthful glow. Most important, Certainly, you can save 53% off this month only simply by going to healthwithredpill.com. You can click the link in the description box below for this limited time offer before they sell out. Once again, that's healthwithredpill.com. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right, we are live. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. And please, one more time, thank you for joining us, Mr. Boone Cutler. Appreciate you being here, sir.
0: It's my pleasure, brother. I'm glad to be here. you got a great show. I'm looking forward to these two hours.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, I uh, just want to say uh, it's been a dream of mine to have you on the show for quite a while. I was really happy when your people reached out to me, and it was even more of a pleasure when I was able to meet you at the premiere of Into the Light in Nashville. Uh, as I was saying in the uh, introduction that some people heard, some people didn't, uh, the concept of uh, fifth-generation warfare and this book, Uh, I think that the only way that you can write about it is, uh, well, write about it effectively, uh, is if you have some level of experience in it. So I wanted to get some information about your background and also understand uh, really what it was that led you to write this book.
0: Man, that gets deep, and I want to go deep into it because I haven't really taken the time. We just haven't had time on a lot of different shows and, uh, you know, I want to take the time to kind of go into some of that because it, it, it is deep and it starts back at a very, very young age of my life. And I think if, if people can remember back to December 1989, uh, there was this thing called the Panama invasion. And, uh, and that's when the U.S. invaded Panama, went there to get, get uh, to drag Noriega out of, a, mm-hmm. out of a place where he was hiding and put him in jail in the United States. Well, it was that it was that incident that led me to join uh, the United States military. And when I saw that the, I remember the headline, and I remember the news popped up, and the, the the lead story was the 82nd Airborne divisions just jumped into Panama. And when I heard that, it was like, it was a calling. It was a true true calling. And and then I knew what I wanted to do with my life. And I was a young man at the time. I was just I just turned eighteen, and uh, so I went down to my recruiter, and I said, Hey, what do you guys got? And they're like, Well, what do you want to do? And I'm like. I don't know, jump out of airplanes and shoot guns. And the guy says, hey, we got a job for you. And then, and I joined the infantry. And um, I did my time in the infantry for my first four years. I, I did my time in division at the 82nd Airborne Division. I'm very, very proud of my service with the 82nd. Shout out to 2nd 2505. Uh, great guys there. And, um, and the military was just the thing that was always important to me but i didn't know what role it was going to play in my life you know a, a little bit of background i wear this those who see me in public they'll see i'm wearing one stainless steel bracelet and i'm wearing three black bracelets the three black bracelets or for for guys who were who were killed in in iraq and afghanistan who um you know very tragic but but very respectful you know way to die they died in service of the country but the the silver bracelet i, I wear is for my grandfather and my grandfather, if you guys just a little bit about history, if you remember, um, World War II, the attack on Pearl Harbor was December seventh, nineteen forty-one. Well, he was stationed on Guam at the time with a small detachment of Marines, and by December 9th, Guam had already been taken. Mm-hmm. So he was the longest held prisoner of war in World War II. Oh wow! And that was a that was a big deal uh, for my family and I, you know, to to hold him in such esteem and and whatnot. My father also had joined the Marine Corps. My father retired out of the Marine Corps and I went and joined the army, pissed everybody off, but um, (laughs) it was, uh, that's true. That's true. I remember when I, uh, I remember when I told my father, I joined the army, he said, you know, I, I, he says, you're, you're growing. You can do what you want to do. I just hate to see a son of mine. Take second best. That's a true, that's a true quote by my dad. And uh, (laughs) it was a true quote. And then when he came out to my airborne graduation, you know, he kind of put aside that, that, that service, inter-service rivalry stuff. He was very proud. He gave me my blood wings in formation, and I was very proud to do that. That's a, those are very those are very important things in a person's life. And um, so that's that's where the whole the military game started. And I spent my time in the infantry, like I told you. But at some point in time, I reclassed. I reclassified my my job specialty in the military to psychological operations. And up until that time, I really didn't think there was a military course that could, that could challenge me. I just really never found them very challenging they were arduous. They were hard, but as far as psychologically or mentally, or, or I don't know, just smarts wise, I didn't think they were overly challenging for me. I thought they were very simple things that had to be done very perfect under very strenuous conditions. And as long as you can kind of manage your stress, you get through it. But then I learned this psyop game and, um, It was a a different kind of warfare, a different kind of thinking, uh, a different kind of mindset altogether. And I want to send a shout shout out to everybody that's in the psychological operations community. Uh, Definitely folks that understand a lot about what's going on right now. This is our call to action. It's game time. I think every psyoper out there sees what's happening, understands what's happening. And I think it's kind of our duty at this point in time to explain it to the American people. And people around the world, wherever you are, because we know this game. We've seen this game. We've we've played this game. And so uh, that's when I reclassed the psychological operations in Iraq. I deployed to Sodder City, Iraq. I was the t- the, um, the PSYOP team sergeant in, in Sadr City uh, fighting the Mahdi militia. And that was a very kinetic place to be. It was very uh, – there was a lot of fighting. And there was a lot of other things that happened because it wasn't just Americans fighting – the bad guys or coalition fighting the bad guys. It was also Americans playing this chess game. At the same time, the militia was playing this chess game with the populace. Who gets to control the populace, and who can turn the populace against another group, and and be more effective at those types of things?
1: Hearts and minds, and,
0: and that uh, yeah. yeah, it was <laughs> hearts and minds uh, in a very in a very uh, you know hearts and minds that that has an image for people. Yeah. you know. But when I say hearts and minds in a kinetic environment, a very kinetic environment, it's uh, it's very hard to explain. I mean, people were definitely used as pawns
2: Mm -hmm.
0: um, on a regular basis as we're trying to trying to recruit key communicators that will that are that are sensitive to the messaging that we have, that they can push that back until they're. Uh, to their communities, which sounds a whole lot like how they use social media now, It's just mm. a different platform yeah. um th- this was the stuff we were doing, but when the militia would 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 identify these people that were sympathetic to a, a different type of messaging, they would torture them mm-hmm. and they would torture them very heinously, and then they would murder them so it was that's that's kind of where the intensity came from. Like, OK, how do you turn a populace against how do you use tools that fall short of being able to torture people and still entice a population to turn against its captors?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that was the situation. And the whole thing revolved around something called learned helplessness. That's the psychological framework that people were working on. So how do you reverse the, the learned helplessness? and it was really done through empowerment it was done through empowerment not just of those key communicators but also honoring those key communicators that had been tortured and killed and making them the hero so now the militia can't be the hero you know and 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 so it's little it's little tiny victories at, at, at each day it's little little tiny victories and that really kept the the militia at bay i saw how effective that type of warfare was because at some point in time the militia starts getting paranoid of its own people and then they start turning inward. Well, if they're turning inward, they're not attacking us. So that's kind of a good thing. Right. So this is very, very effective in that, in that operational environment. And so we went, we went back and forth and we played that game. And at some point in time I was injured and I was uh medevaced out to Walter Reed army medical center where I spent two years recovering from my, my injuries. Mm. And then after I got done with the recovering from my injuries, I went into veteran advocacy, you know, and what, you know, relative, you know, got done with my, I mean, recovering from my injuries, that's a relative term, but when I was good enough, you know, to, to figure out how I'm going to advocate for other people, because I was, I was at Walter Reed during the neglect scandal in 2007. So I saw a lot of, a lot of things that I just totally did not agree with when it came to the care of, of people that were coming back, that were, you know, sick, ill, ing- sick, Ill and injured. Yeah, And I wanted to want to make a difference there. So You know, I wrote my first book. It was called Call Sign Voodoo. I wrote that when I was in country. I actually wrote that in real time during my tour. And then I finished it in real time when I was at Walter Reed Army Medical Center. So it's very visceral. And I don't think I can't stand by. Well, here's what I can stand by. I can stand by the fact that people change Mm -hmm. and things change and perspectives change and a frame of reference changes. I think it's a very good book because it is a soldier story. You know, it's a soldier story of how the mindset was at that time on the ground, being deployed in a, in, a, in a very violent place, having a very difficult job to do, and and then being injured, and what it was like to recover from injuries and and the confusion and the addictions and and all that stuff that that kind of went with it <clears> at the time. Um, so I think that's it's a very a good book because it is the mindset that is recorded in that moment in time. Do I believe everything now that I believe then I don't, uh-huh. I just don't. There's, there's been an evolutionary process of things that I've seen and, and I'm older now, you know, and that frame of reference changes you just by nature of itself. Absolutely. Um, and so that, that was Walter Reed. And then I got into the, you know, the veteran advocacy space and I wrote something called the Spartan pledge, which is a, which is a campaign to, to, to help stop veteran suicide, which has now been included into uh, veteran and first responder. I got this shirt right here uh, mm-hmm. from uh, Los Angeles Sheriff's department. Uh, we just shot a video out there, a part of a music video. The music video is called heroes need heroes. That's going to come out later this year, probably on veterans day. I hope everybody gets a chance to check that out. So I still do the veteran advocacy thing, but in in the middle of all this, up and down with my health and injuries and my heart going out. I mean, it's really been a long road. I ended up in this space of, well, wait a minute. There's a lot of things happening in the country that look really, really familiar to me. And I reached out to my buddies, you know, many of them from the intelligence community, from the PSYOP community, from uh, from the SF community, definitely from the SF, the special forces community. And we're all kind of hanging out one day. And it was like, hey, guys, does this shit look familiar? Like, like everything here, does this kind of look familiar? And it's like, yeah, it looks like the shit we used to do, you know. But Boone, and, Boone uh, if, if,
1: before you keep going, was, was there one thing in particular? And I'm wondering, you know, at, at, like when was this that you guys kind of started saying, hey, I feel like, you know, the, the techniques we were taught to use are now being used on the American people. What was that moment? those conversations
0: just kind of trickled around until the withdrawal of Afghanistan. Okay. And the withdrawal of Afghanistan uh, brought a lot of us together in one place to do a job, which was get out American citizens and those on our allies that were stuck in Afghanistan because of the botched withdrawal that we had. And I was working with some great guys and we were doing some great work. And that conversation came up several times. It's like, you know, when we're done doing this, are we going to do something else? Because we like hanging out with each other. We like being with each other. We like, we like our country. We, we enjoy the camaraderie. We all have skills. Why don't we put those skills to use? Mm -hmm. And those conversations were definitely had. And, and I think it was the motivation from those conversations that led me to, to really start thinking about, okay, how do, how do I put my skills to work here in, in in America in the homeland and and how big is the the scope and, and and breadth and width of of this of of these uh of the psychological operations that are happening in america and that just ca- kind of continued to to permeate and permeate and then lo and behold, General Flynn and I are standing in a hallway one day and he says you know, I get off stage and people are just so confused. They're coming up to me. They're tearing at me. They're saying, I don't understand. I just feel manipulated. I don't know who's doing this. I don't know how this is happening. And I looked at them, I said, you know, hey, the same thing's happening to me. And then if you come from the psychological operations community, you start thinking of things in in terms of target audiences, right? Mm-hmm. Where's your target audience? And then it came very apparent that General Flynn has, a, at that time, had a had a very different target audience than I did. I had much the veteran community doing veteran advocacy, talking about my first two books, and and he had, you know, the 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 right wing, the evangelical, the uh, the patriot, you know, the the MAGA crowd. Yep. And uh, next next thing you see is like, wait a minute, there's two target audiences here that are getting hit with the same thing. Let's break that down and figure it out. And after a little bit of figuring it out, it became very apparent that that, you know, you can have a you, I would see this. I see a gay black liberal female from Chicago who feels exactly the same way as some corn fed white boy is a conservative in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Exactly the same way. They're they're using the same words to describe the situation they're in. And then Jennifer and I, we continue to have these conversations like, well, what are we looking at? What I mean, exactly. Then, boom. We started talking about irregular warfare, hybrid warfare, unrestricted warfare. And then you kind of slam them all together and you're looking at fifth generation warfare. And then it started breaking down into different segments. And then the writing started happening. And we just decided, well, what's the best thing we can do for the American people? Best thing we can do is get people trained on what's really happening, because people take little bits and bites out of what they think is happening. And then they build a whole narrative about it. And then you have people fighting over their narratives and all of them are incomplete. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to take the time to write something that is comprehensive and complete. And then as we were writing it we realized this isn't just the United States. Mm-hmm. This is every freedom loving country on the planet. So now it opens up a lot bigger and we started having to develop that the messaging for that type of thing because when people in when people in the UK, when people in Australia, when people in Canada read this book, they feel the same way you and I do, brother. Exactly. Same exact way every American does. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're really dealing with. And that's why we put it on the back of the book. This is humanity's fight against globalism.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They're mm-hmm. using fifth generation warfare tactics to create a new world order, which is the globalist contingent on the planet. Mm-hmm. And... We just wanted to get it all and make it very, very comprehensive, non-political. Nobody can even guy people on the left who try and tear up General Flynn and I. No, nobody can say this thing is political because it's not. It's, yeah. it's, it's it's doctrine and technique, and so that's the that's how we got here. That's how we got to this. And then we realized this can't just be one book. This has to be a series of books because you can't get it in one book. So we started positioning it like these are military style manuals written specifically for civilians in a language civilians can understand, even though they're very, very high-level military concepts, we break it down to the average 19-year-old at Home Depot they can understand it and then we can start to talk brother because yes. once we're speaking the same language we have a voice but until we speak the same language we have no voice nobody can hear us and it doesn't matter
1: yes exactly you know the the thing that's so brilliant about it is is that i i have throughout the years heard the exact same thing that you uh, experienced and and described in your conversations with with general flynn you know everybody's looking around everybody's confused they know that something is afoot but they don't exactly understand what it is they don't have the language to conceptualize it. But that's exactly what this book does is it gives people a framework so that they can begin to understand what exactly is taking place around them. But the thing is, you know, unless you read it, unless you're actually in it uh, and understanding, you know, people are just kind of spinning their wheels. They don't really understand what's going on and they just have, uh, you know, no direction that they can push their energy in. And, um, you know, you said something earlier that I think is so vitally important uh, because, uh, you know, even if we understand with as as awake as I think the people watching this show is, uh, and then also the general public at large, you know, people understand that we have this uniparty that we're fighting against, you know, but we're so locked into that, uh, that, that bicameral thinking, you know, it's left and right. It's good and bad. It's a dark and light. That's it. You know, I mean, there's nothing in between, but we are really talking about a spectrum of influence here, and we are looking at uh, a, a kind of centralized force that is coming down on the American people to make us fight against each other. You know, we are those groups in Iraq or in Afghanistan that are fighting each other rather than uh, putting our efforts in the direction that it needs to. And that keeps us from being able to really solve any problems.
0: You're absolutely right. Until we start, uh, I always say this because it's the absolute truth, you know, unity of message equals unity of action. You know, we can't, and that's 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 biblical. That's the word becomes flesh right there. Say it however you want to say it. But until we start using the same language and understanding the same concepts and having conversation about the same concepts, and they are the factual things that are happening, not something that's mysterious in the, you know, in the some crazy place where you have no control of, we're talking about something that's controllable within 30 meters Mm -hmm. that everybody can hit. Okay. We need to focus on the controllables and understand that once we have community, we have continuity of message, naturally continuity of action flows right behind it every single time. When you see different groups trying to be divisive um, and take, you know, impede or infiltrate groups and break them up and make them confused the number one thing they do is they try and break up the unity of that, that, that concept of unity of, of, of uh, the, the, the unity of uh, message. Mm-hmm. They want to break up the unity of message and they do it by discrediting the people that are saying the message, or they do it by making it so fantastic that, that it just gets overblown. And that's what you got to avoid. You got to avoid that kind of stuff because we have to create and develop and understand what the unity of message is And the best way to make that happen is just to teach everybody by the same standard. Mm -hmm. Once they have the same standard, then they will have the unity.
1: Amen. Uh, real quick over here on, uh, rumble freight awakening says, Hey Boone, thanks for being here. Do you think the people attacking general Flynn and yourself like Linwood and some of those twat waffles on Twitter do it because you are exposing their playbook? Uh, yeah, so what do you think is behind some of those specific attacks? I mean, uh, I'll uh, I'll begin Uh, by suggesting that uh, the same people who are trying to tear down you and General Flynn right now are the same people who attempted to tear down We the Media uh, and uh, who tried to tear down Badlands. Uh, It's the exact same group of people, and they're using the exact same tactics. What is driving that? Is it it ego? Are they on the payroll of somebody else? Uh, Is it just that uh, they suddenly decided after— Uh, you know, essentially worshiping you and General Flynn previously. Now, suddenly you guys are persona non grata and enemy number one.
0: Well, well I'll give everybody a a little bit of tidbit on that. You know, the thing that I've been pegged for with the J6, um, the guy, one of the people in this group of people that that have been doing all this stuff, he contacted me on a show on a Twitter spaces and asked me the question, was that you with the earpiece on a J6? I answered his question. I told him what I was doing there. Uh, I thought that's fair. He asked me, I, I answered him. And then, and then the same group of people created this false narrative. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they didn't know the truth ahead of time. So then you start got to, you have to work that into you, into your decision-making process, right? If they knew the truth ahead of time and still went on with the false narrative, how do they do the false narrative? Selective information that's one-sided mm-hmm. that is pieced together to create a false narrative. It's like saying, Okay, if you know the story of the three little pigs, and you know the story of, I don't know, Popeye, and Popeye ate burgers, well, then Popeye must hate pigs. Mm -hmm. He didn't, he never ate, he never ate, you see what I'm saying? It's just throwing these things together, and and then they tell you what the, what the, what A, B equals C. They tell you what the C is, but they selected the A, they selected the B. And they ignored 500 other points of, of, of fact. fact, yep. you know, so they it's selective information thrown together to create a false narrative. And yeah, we talk, it's crazy. We talk about it right here. Yep. What else is crazy. If you go to the la- the 10 most, I wrote in here, the top 10 things that people would do to derail us. Mm-hmm. They actually did one of the top 10 things yes. because it's so easy. It's a given and we knew it was going to happen. And so it's kind of like calling people out before they even show themselves because, again, this is doctrine and technique. Now, going after General Flynn and the stuff they're saying about him, it's just so crazy. I mean, it really is. Yeah. I don't know if it's just ego. I don't know if it's someone dying to be relevant and so they think by going counterculture, they're going to be relevant and that's going to make them popular. Uh, I don't know if they're on the take. I don't know if they're being worked. I don't, I don't know any of that stuff. But I do know that They sure are pretty determined, even though the large majority of the audience is saying, you're full of shit, you're full of shit, we don't like you, you're full of shit. And they keep pushing the message, keep pushing the message, keep pushing the message, keep developing that back back channel in the SEO. That's technique, Mm -hmm. okay? That's technique right there. And I don't, you know, these people create problems and they create problems in ways that, and I'll talk to, I'll talk to the, I want to talk to the group out there that that isn't being worked. Let me tell you something I did one time and it, and it was wrong, but I understand, I know why I did it. And I want to explain why I did it years ago when I was on air, Dr. Phil came out with a show and he called it from heroes to monsters. And it was about combat veterans who came home with PTSD. It's mm. called from heroes to Monst- monsters. I took, I took very strong offense to the name of that show calling us monsters because We were already having so many problems getting jobs or already having some problems, you know, finding places to live Had problems with the medical care. This was a very, very difficult time for the warfighter community at that time. And so I took very strong offense to him, even the even the side reference to calling us monsters. And I did a show and I brought people on left and right, different influencers. And we trashed Dr. Phil. Mm -hmm. I mean, we trashed him from one end to the other. And then, you know, looking back now, when I'm a little more wiser, I'm like, is that some name that some producer just threw on there and really had nothing to do with the guy? You know, because he's he's just the host. He didn't sure. know. I didn't, I never found that out. Well, I called the, the, the producer of that show or one of the producers actually called me and he says, what do you want? And I said, I want you to change the name of the show. He says, we already did. <laughs> and I went off on a tirade again. And he said, well, we gave you what you wanted what more can we do? And he was very sensible, more sensible than I was, but I was emotional. I was right. emotional at the time. So I want to reach out there to everybody who's paying attention to these people and realize that if they're developing this emotionality, you don't know why they're developing this emotionality, but don't, don't be one of the people like I was who just jumped on board with it and and wanted to make it bigger than it was. I wasn't being worked. I was just being emotional. I thought that's, that was really the way it needed to be dealt with from an audience perspective. Looking back now, I realize I ended up being a tool that I should not have been. And so the people out there now, when you're looking at this stuff and you're seeing information that is one-sided, selective, that's being shamed or shaped and framed into a false narrative, well, then you have to use your, your critical thinking skills and say, hey, what else could be happening here? What else could be happening And if it doesn't look like this is – if someone can't tell you where they got the information from and provide you all the details for you to be able to make a decision or be able to say this is my opinion and leave it at that, then you're not really getting facts. I had nothing to do with anything that had to do with J6. Not a thing. Not a thing in the world. But for some reason, because I was wearing an earpiece that day, which I had a legitimate reason for wearing an earpiece, um, somehow somebody creates this narrative because they want to tank – they want to tank General Flynn. I don't think they're trying to tank General Flynn. I think they're trying to tank this information. Mm-hmm. I think they're tanking the fact because if you look at Mike Smith's movie into the light, you look at the books that we're doing here. You look at sound of freedom, also getting, getting hit with all kinds of just crazy, crazy uh, propaganda.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, look at Jason Aldean's uh, song, how that got hit, you know, all these people want to hit everything that has to do with bringing unity to the country and real knowledge and and some sort of support structure that will support that unity. That's what they're hitting. They're not just hitting general Flynn. These people are hitting on every single point that has anything to do with unifying the country. There's only so many people that are going to do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah.
2: There's
0: only so many people that are going to do that and they're all taking part in it together.
1: Absolutely. You know, I I feel like it's just so logical to understand that when you have a movement that's gaining traction, that's becoming powerful, that that is becoming influential, of course the people who have a problem with that, who would have a vested interest in seeing that derailed, are going to send operatives into that movement to gain the trust of the people that are there. Uh, and then, to use whatever influence they're able to put together to then just destroy any progress that 's being made and that 's exactly what 's happened i 've seen it happen on a number of occasions you know i mean I, I think you know i i don 't even know when the earliest one was, but I mean as long as i 've been even from when I was like an anon when I was not like me, Zach Payne on screen. You know, I, I saw people that would come in and they would, uh, you know, run an op, get people uh, to go in one direction, chase their tail, uh, and then next thing you know, poof, they're gone, uh, and they've done their job. There is chaos that's been sowed, and people don't know which way to go, they don't know where to turn. But you made such a and a valid point there. If somebody presents you with one-sided information, just because they say it with authority and conviction doesn't mean that there is any validity to it. If you can't take what you've been presented and turn around and verify it yourself or or come to the, the same conclusion with all of the facts there, then you're probably looking at something that, was crafted specifically to send you down a rabbit hole, or to make you elicit a specific emotion. And you know, I mean, I take a look at what happened with with We the Media, what he did to We the Media. You know, the 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 lies that he spun about Kate and John, uh, specifically trying to make it look like you know there was uh, some uh, 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 global intelligence network that was running what was basically just a clearinghouse for, for good information. Uh, you know, I mean, it was just really disheartening to see how many people were willing to, to grab onto that because it it's very clear to me, you know, that there are outside forces that are working to undermine the good work that people like us are doing. So my question to you, Boone, who do you think those outside forces are? Do you have any inkling as to who might want to see us not be successful? Well, I
0: want, to ta- I want to double tap something you said, and it's about believability. Mm-hmm. If somebody says something with authority and they are believable, there's a difference between believability and truthfulness, okay? There's a difference. Sometimes something that is truthful is also believable, but sometimes things that are believable are not truthful. Right. But people believe it because they want to believe it. They want to see that it, it is believable. If people connect the dots and they go, there's all the dots. Oh, no, no. That's not all the dots. That's just a few dots and a story that somebody threw over overlapped over top of them. That's not all the dots. If you want to know what's truthful, you got to find all the dots. And that's that's the difference. And, and so who is behind this type of thing? Honestly, I don't know. And I'm not going to spend my time going going to find out, because if I do now, I'm going down the rabbit hole. And instead of doing that, I'd rather be with people like yourselves and good people who support this message and understand the United States has to get trained. And we need to focus on getting trained. And if we're focusing our time on chasing these rabbits, then all these rabbit holes, then we're going to get over our skis really, really quick. So I don't say, oh, it's this person or that person. I have my 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 inklings, you know, I, I kind of have an idea and I think my idea is pretty right because there's only some way, there's only so many different ways people can su- support their lifestyle and not work. Right. But still have a nice lifestyle. You know mm. what I mean? There's only so many ways that happens and you can't track down anybody's, you know, funds, but guess what? They live in a, they live in a great life, you know, and they don't seem to be making any money around them, but they're still living a good life. How's that happen? You know, that kind of stuff makes me, suspect to, to you know some sort of co-intel pro you yep. know type of program that's just done very poorly to be honest with you um but you know you never know it could be could be just somebody kind of nutty up here you know there's i gotta tell you man there's a lot of people on social media that really just they don't have all their wires you know put you know lined up they, you know positive isn't on positive negative isn't on, their wires are crossed yeah and and i feel bad for them but um Because that's a horrible way to live, you know, it really is. It's a horrible way to live, to to be confused and to have anxiety and, and to have this constant paranoia. But some people have made anxiety and paranoia their entire shtick you know what i'm saying they've they're appealing to people who are focused on anxiety and paranoia as their target audience Mm -hmm. so they've got to keep them anxious they've got to keep them paranoid if they don't keep them anxious keep them paranoid they lose their audience therefore then they think they lose their power so i would say you know there there's there's the other side of it you know it's somewhere on that continuum it could be somewhere in the middle and a little mix of both but there are, we have to acknowledge in the fact there are really some folks on social media that, that have paranoia issues, that have anxiety issues, and that there are people that are kind of sucking them in with that paranoia and anxiety. And they're just, they're banging them every day because people who, I've done this, okay? I, I've done this myself. I live with PTSD. I I understand this. I worked in the veteran community. I still do that. I've been doing that for over 13 years. I see when somebody is having anxiety and paranoia issues um, because of a a condition that they have, I see they're always trying to find the reason why it exists Mm -hmm. rather than accepting the fact that it exists because it exists because there's a, there's a medical condition happening. There really doesn't need to be a reason for it exists. It's just there. And, but you're trying to justify it all the time. You're trying to justify it all the time. So when you've got people who are paranoid and have anxiety, they need to find a way to justify it. Because if they can't, then they think they're crazy, and they're not. They just yeah. have a medical condition. <clears throat> so what's really sad is that you get these, you get people out there who, who are who are going after that audience as their target audience to to build to build their rev share, to build you know get these people to buy things, get these yep. people to do things and it's 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 tragic because they're not helping them, and they're not giving them you know it's things like that that keep people from getting the help that they need because instead of saying, "Hey, I think I might have a problem," they go, "Nope, I don't got a problem. That guy just validated everything I feel, so I must be okay, mm-hmm. but you're not okay, you're not okay and I, and god i I swear I pray for you every night, you're not okay, but and you don't need the justification to for your anxiety, your paranoia. Sometimes it's just there because it's just there and, and we can work on that. We really, really can and, and tone everything down. And some people really need to get away from social media because it just pushes up that anxiety and that emotionality all the time. Yeah. And I think it's very, very irresponsible if these guys aren't being worked, if they're just doing it for the reason they're, they're just trying to soothe themselves with a the target audience. They're hurting people. They're truly truly you don't know where that message is going to land. Mm-hmm. And once it lands there, how it affects the family of where it just landed. You are literally the cause, the reason, you're the impetus to, to, to cause problems inside of people's families. Because you're not bringing solutions. You're bringing paranoia, anxiety. You're bringing problems. And, and these family members are being are, are having a lot of problems inside their families. And it's, a lot of it just has to do with because of these people who are believable but not truthful taking
1: advantage of people that need help. Absolutely. Uh, Listen, we've got to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation, so don't go away. We'll be right back. You know, a lot of people don't understand that digestive issues are frequently caused by a toxin that's present in virtually all of the, quote, healthy foods scientists have been telling us to eat with their fraudulent food pyramid for the longest time. And according to Dr. Gundry, who is a world-renowned cardiologist and best-selling author, it's these toxins that cause the issues so many people face. Millions of people nationwide are living in agony every single day. And the warning signs include weight gain, fatigue, digestive discomfort, stiff and achy joints, and even skin problems. And you see, Dr. Gundry explains these side effects are often mistaken for the normal signs of aging because they usually develop over a matter of years. You see, this is progressive. In some cases, it even takes decades. And because we've been lied to, you probably have no idea that the damage to your digestive system is likely caused by these health foods and it's far from normal. Now the good news is you can fix this yourself from the comfort of your own home. It's really very simple. You just have to know which foods are actually healthy and which foods contain this hidden toxin. So you can find out for yourself by clicking the link in the description below, gutcleanseprotocol.com forward slash Zach. Once again, that's gutcleanseprotocol.com forward slash Z-A-K. Because after years of research, Dr. Gundry has decided to release an informative video to the public, totally free and uninterrupted, showcasing exactly which foods you need to avoid. So once again, click the link in the description below to visit gutcleanseprotocol.com forward slash Zach and find that free video. You're going to thank me for it because it's totally free. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel.
0: That's why I don't acknowledge
1: them. All right. We're back, guys. Thank you so much for sticking around. Let me uh, say thank you to a couple of people over here at Pilled. Uh, Ohio Kimmy, thank you for that cookie. Vector 11707 to you, my friend. Judy the Lady Pug, thank you for the cookie. Von Hitch, thank you for the can. Average Joe Patriot with some shades. Good to see you, buddy. He says, cheers to Saturday. Much love, RP, Boone, and the Comfy Bunker. Thanks for hanging out. Von Hitch says, thank you, Zach. Thank you to the you as well. A boneless chicken. Appreciate the cookie. My mom, real red pill 78 mom, says, uh, these live streams are like a weekly dinner party with witty and brilliant conversations. We're so blessed. Thank you, mom. I appreciate it. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you for the cookies. Von Hitch says, uh, red pill. You got the clip of Trump talking about seven years of illegal psychological operations on U.S. citizens. I don't, but that is a good one. We'll talk to Boone about that in a second. Sean Joe, thank you very much for that cookie. All right. So, yeah, Boone, uh, that uh, that statement from President Trump talking about the seven years of illegal psychological operations on American citizens. I mean, quite uh, stunning to hear a a world leader and obviously an American leader uh, saying that out loud. It's kind of like quiet saying the quiet part out loud. You know, obviously, under Barack Obama's presidency with the Smith-Munt Modernization Act, Uh, He made it legal for the CIA and for the the uh, the federal government uh, to engage in psychological operations on Americans. Do you think that that was a turning point or do you think it was really just them kind of openly admitting that, hey, we're doing this and there's really nothing you guys can do about it?
0: I think they were doing it anyway. Yeah. Um, And but I don't you know, I think there was probably a strategic reason that that was put into place uh probably to help uh to assist a foreign power, not a, not not something that's internal. Um and I think that that's gonna continue. You know, we see more work being done, you know, by the by the Chinese Communist Party in session two of the, the Sisters Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare. You know, people really need to get that. You know, this this one was this one here is opening up like, okay, this is how the world works, this is how things are going on. In session two, we start breaking into specific centers of gravity. Okay, how are they? what are their exact techniques? And what are they using? What are their tools? And that's artificial intelligence is, is, is a huge one. And so we, we talked and we explained to people, you're not going to get anything from General Flynn and I that is just hysteria. Hey, look, more hysteria, more hysteria. Everybody's over the fucking hysteria, right? Mm-hmm. They want to know, okay, what's happening and how do we resolve it? So everything that you see in these books that General Fun and I put out, we're not just putting out what the problem is. We're also showing people what the solutions are. And we're encouraging the, the, to, to work on those solutions for themselves as well. So you're not going to see hysteria. And I know that's probably not very popular in a lot of different groups today because they, they want to constantly do this, this hysteria. I contacted a gentleman. He's on one of the news stations. And I'm not going to say who because I, I like him and I understand what he's got going on. And I said, hey, you got this story. And he goes, Boone, that's great. I said, okay. And usually he goes, Boone, that's great. When can you come on? But this time it was, or can you get me someone to talk to or or something? They want to follow up on the story. And he he says, you know, it's bigger than deep state bad. People aren't going to understand it. I got to move on. Oh, man. And, but this is, but he's right. He's right. People are only listening to deep state bad. They don't want to, they're not taking the time on, on putting the emotionality aside. Look at things from a doctrine and technique perspective and then understanding what's going on. You know, they're just caught up in the emotionality. And the emotionality is really what what drags you down into a, a pit because it cuts off your ability to critical think. Once you Once you lock in that emotionality, the critical thinking goes out the door. So you have to stop the emotionality, take a pause and look at the whole situation. And that's just not happening or it's not happening enough. And we want to encourage people to to make that happen more, to take an active standpoint. And we'll actually help you with the skills to do so. Inside of session two, we talk about uh, open source intelligence, how to collect open source intelligence. We talk about human intelligence, how to collect human intelligence. We talk about how to do propaganda analysis. Now, these are not things that are normally shown to the American people, and it's not in depth enough, but at least it will entice you to start moving in that direction because without understanding how to truly conduct open source intelligence without understanding how to truly conduct human intelligence and understand how to identify propaganda and understand what your critical thinking skills are supposed to do you don't have anything okay in today's world you're not literate because you're you don't you don't understand information illiteracy means you don't understand information if you don't understand how to cl- find information and collect it and validate it in today's world you are illiterate It's no different than not being able to read in the 1920s. You're illiterate. So we're trying to make people literate again, so they can engage that cognitive thinking uh, and that critical thinking skills, and we can we can win in the cognitive battle space.
1: Well, I mean, it certainly does seem like an uphill battle. There, there's an old saying in the media: "If it bleeds, it leads," and I think that's only gotten worse over the years. And now, with the introduction of social media, with uh, you know new players like podcasters and stuff like that, I mean, we are actively competing for that audience uh, at a level that you know just didn't exist before. I mean, the mainstream media was the only game in town, and uh, you know, pretty much during the uh, the first Trump administration, I mean. This space really exploded. And uh, I, I think that, you know, today, quite often, I mean, more people are listening to independent media than are listening to those old authoritative news sources like, uh, you know, the the old standard, CNN, ABC, uh, MSNBC. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, it really does come down to, uh, you know, how do we overcome that? You know, I mean, how do we get people invested enough in this to understand that uh, we have to be about the solutions? It can't just be about the next rage bait uh, that somebody comes out and, you know, uh, delivers to you in that uh, instant dopamine hit on social media. You
0: know, we had a time, I had a good friend of mine the other day, he says, you know, I really like the podcasts because they're they're asking all the right questions. And that's really important, ask the right questions, but who are they asking the right questions of? Is it somebody who, is, who can validate, Who is who can actually support an answer? Mm-hmm. Is it someone who is skilled enough to give you a real answer? Or is it just the next person who can throw out some rage bait, throw out some a- animosity and, and get you going. And you're like, yeah, I knew I was right again. No, Okay, well, there, you just fed your cognitive dissonance, but are you really right? And so this is the thing, you know, when when journalism started out and it was journalism, yeah, there was some, some crouching upon, you know, with different people pushing the narrative for a specific reason, but there were standards to journalism. The worst thing we can do right now is create AI being the standard of journalism because AI is selective. You're to, the person who's a journalist is going to get information from AI, regurgitate it, and now you just spread the message. That's not a good thing. So we went from these times where uh, traditional media or news got corrupted, and then people stopped believing it. And then they went to, to cable news, and people wanted to believe that, and then it got corrupted. And then at some point in time, the talk radio thing kept going on for a long time, and then people weren't really about that. And then Joe Rogan. Okay. Joe Rogan changed the whole game. Seriously. When it came to podcasts, when I started out in radio and you said, you said you had a podcast that meant you had some kind of blog talk show, show, which was basically a recorded conference call on your phone. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything bigger than that. And then Joe took a podcast and put it on video and it was good and it was well-produced. And then everybody just absorbed into that, that space. Now we've got people who can do podcasts very easily and they have great intentions and they absorb that space but are they getting guests who are actually subject matter experts, or are they just getting the next pissed off person? Mm-hmm. This is where Americans got to get tuned in and we got to get educated on what information looks like. Again, we have to become literate and there's a way to do that. And, and it's on podcasters really a lot of this stuff falls to podcasters because if you want to maintain your legitimacy, you've got to be able to put out legitimate information Not just the next propaganda show. And there's a lot of propaganda shows out there for the left, for right, for everybody. And there's three different types of propaganda. So nobody can tell me they're not fitting inside of one of the three. This is where we're at right now. And so America needs to slow down a little bit. I mean, if I can tell you everything about fifth generation warfare in less than 25,000 words, I would do it. But it can't be done. Uh, intro takes more than 25,000 words. If we could tell you how to uh, fight artificial intelligence in less than 50,000 words, trust me, we would have done it. It couldn't be done. So, it ta- we got to get back to that absorbing, taking time to read and get educated and become literate again in a way that is the reality of today's digital world.
1: Amen. Um, real briefly over here on Rumble, MAGA1 says, gratitude for the show. Thank you, Boone, for the information and Zach for facilitating. And then Fredo also says, a random question for Boone. Do you think the F-35 incident was a distraction or is it possible that hacking was involved? Also, what is your take on devolution slash continuity of government? So let's take one at a time. The F-35 Very strange, Boone, that uh, what is essentially the pinnacle of modern American military achievement could suddenly be unfindable and uh, just kind of drop off the radar. And what's even more shocking is that they were asking Americans for their help in locating it. I mean, that just defies convention. I, I don't understand how that could even be a possibility in this modern age. What do you think about that?
0: Well, I think it's no different than we're looking at the fires in Hawaii. You know, we have to look at the situation, look at all the information. Give it a little bit of time because w- the information that is known today will not is not the information that's going to be known in a week or two weeks. So before we get sold on a on a on the thing that we think it is, give it a little bit of time and do some research. Don't don't just jump at the first thing that gets you emotional. Now, is it very easy to believe for me that 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 there was a cyber attack and some plane went zombie and they were going to take it over? Yeah that's easy for me to believe because that those kinds of things really happen. Yeah. It's believable. It's believable. But is it truthful? Mm-hmm. This is the difference and we have to the, right here again we got to we got to be able to think critically. Is it believable? Is it truthful? Okay, it's believable. Is it truthful? Yeah, it could
2: be, mm-hmm.
0: but we don't know yet. We don't know yet. I mean, it could have been uh, from the. Um, I don't know enough. Here's the thing, and if there's somebody out there that does, you step up and talk. I don't know enough about how planes are supposed to react at different levels. I know he said he jumped when he did. hit when he bailed out, he was less than two thousand feet AGL. Yeah. Okay, <clears throat> that's okay for a plane. That's that's pretty low. Okay. But I don't know how they, it, under clouds and different atmospheric conditions, things can be go wacky. I don't know any of that information. I've never been trained on any of that information. But it's easy for me to believe the thing went ghost and got hacked and somebody was taken away and he had to bail out because he didn't want to end up in Havana. Okay, because you saw that messaging that came out, right? Oh, yeah, you saw definitely. the messaging that it flew itself to Havana and landed. Okay, and it didn't. Okay, so if that was untrue but believable, what else is untrue? So, again, I, I think if you're going to look at this critically, do I know enough, me as a person, how planes react at certain atmospheric levels in certain weather that could cause a problem like this? Was the guy working on the system two weeks ago, you know, a little, ah, you know had, a, had a great Friday, had a great Thursday night and screwed something up? I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a lot of things that could have happened, but I would also not take off the table that, yeah, maybe these planes are getting hacked. But we're yeah. going to look for patterns, right? We're going sure. to look for patterns. And well, uh, what's the other stuff you wanted to know oh, about
1: the road out he, he, he wanted to know – well, before I, I mentioned that, you know, I mean speaking of patterns, uh, I mean this is basically the same location that the Chinese weather balloon uh, was allowed to fly by. And, uh, you know, I mean it went by so many different military installations and uh, would have went right by that uh, the, the base that this plane had crashed by. And you know, it just seems to me that there's a distinct possibility if there was a uh, a a stealth Chinese sub that was right off the coast of America that we were either blindly allowing to be there because Joe Biden is owned by the Chinese, uh, or because their technology is just that good. Uh, you know, it it seems like that could be a a possibility, but you're right. You know I mean? We don't know the truth. There's no way to conclusively know any of this stuff. And so like when we present it, it's always so important to me that we present it as theory.
0: Yeah. And I think people should, I mean, if you believe this thing got, got hacked and it was good went in zombie mode and it was going to go someplace and then, It had to be put down on its own because I think those systems are probably, it makes sense that those systems would exist, right? Like, I'm out of here and this thing's got to get destroyed. Because I know when I was in the military, if we were going to leave a place and we had to get out of that place before we were overrun, we would destroy certain weapon systems and communication systems so they didn't fall into the hands of the enemy. That technology wasn't supposed to do that. So, yeah, it makes sense to me that it could have easily just, okay, I, I don't have control about it. I'm out of here and this thing's getting put down. That makes a lot of sense. That sounds truthful and believable at the same time. Um, but whatever you believe, here's the thing. Be willing to change your mind. Mm-hmm. If you get new information, be willing to change your mind. That's okay. That's not a bad thing. Right. That's being an adult. Yes. And so
1: be willing to change your mind. No, that's so vitally important. I think that one problem that we seem to have nowadays is that people get so critically invested in one point of view. It's like they 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 believe something and then they take it as gospel. And the idea of changing their mind or, you know, bringing in new information and adjusting their point of view it becomes uh, like something that's, you know, sacrosanct. They can't move away from that particular, uh, you know, uh, mindset. So I think you're so right about being willing to change your mind on things. OK, part two of that question was uh, your take on uh, the possibility of a devolution or a continuity of government situation uh, since President Trump left office and Joe Biden has taken up residency.
0: You got to excuse me. I don't live in this world. Is that the thing where people think that, Trump is still the president.
1: Uh, that That is definitely the thing where uh, people believe that President Trump, Trump is have, not
0: yeah. the president. OK, okay? Yeah. he is the former president. He is not control of the military. The military is controlled by the commander in chief. As soon as Trump relinqu- relinquished office, Biden became the commander in chief. OK, he's the command. Trump was the commander in chief up until the time he relinquished office. OK, he could have done a lot of things in that in that in that time. Right, wrong, or indifferent, he made a decision. But right now, Biden is the commander-in-chief. That means he controls the military, period, end of story. Don't don't tell me there's something else out there. You're going to have to show me some paperwork that says the president is not the commander-in-chief under X condition. Sure, sure. Show me paperwork that says that. Show me paperwork that says the previous, and it's not about executive orders too. You can't be a president and make an executive order that says, when I'm no longer president, I'm still really the president. That would never happen. Do you understand? That just wouldn't happen. Good to talk about, great to theorize, but if you're on that frame of, if you're right there with that, just be willing to accept additional information from a logical source that can speak to it as an authority. Okay, and I'm telling you right now, everybody in the military who's ever joined the military understands chain of command. At the top of that chain of commanders the commander in, is the commander-in-chief. Right now, President Biden is the commander in chief.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, obviously the, the, the subject of devolution or a continuity of government uh, scenario is so broad and it's, it's way deeper than just president Trump is still the president. And and I I can't speak to all of it because
0: I don't know enough about it. And I'll raise my hand and say, I don't know enough about that subject to even speak to it. Mm -hmm. I'll speak to whatever you tell me and I'll give you my opinion based upon the information you tell me. Sure. But as far as me just being able to say, Hey, it's, this, that, and the other thing. I can't. But when it comes down to who the commander in chief of the military is that I can speak to.
1: Yeah. So, you know, personally, just looking at what's going on here um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, Joe Biden is sitting in the White House. And from my perspective, that's the only thing that really matters in terms of what's going on. Now, I don't think Joe Biden is running the show. Uh, I think that Joe Biden is being controlled. You know, he has handlers. And I can only hope that there are people with a firmer grasp on reality uh, that are working behind the scenes to ensure that we don't end up in the worst possible scenario, which, from my perspective, would be uh, you know a hot war between us and Russia, because it seems like the neocons that have been traditionally at the helm uh, until President Trump came into power, uh, those people would love nothing more than to ensure that we maintain that kind of Global tension between us and some other element, and Russia really seems to be the the uh, the uh, the ire of their scorn right now. Uh, you know, we're in essentially a proxy war right now through Ukraine with Russia, and uh, it, it's kind of a, a, a tenuous situation right now. What what do you think about uh, the uh, that proxy war that's going on right now in Ukraine?
0: Well, I think it is a proxy war. I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of things that we look at it from different perspectives and I'm always great. I'd like to look at things from different perspectives. Like, okay, what have we gotten for our money? What have we gotten for our money? You know um, one thing we've gotten for our money is we've gotten a chance to see Russia's military capabilities against U S armaments against U S technology. And I think that's good to know. I think it's good to know if what your adversaries out there how they how they fare against your technology and against against your tactics and your procedures and your techniques Um, i think that's good to know so we've learned that much we know how our systems work against their systems and we didn't have to put american lives in jeopardy to do that so okay we'll put that one on the win column that's that's a good idea but if you want to go back into a historical reference like okay why is this thing even happening in the first damn place like yeah i got an issue there because if if it is true that that uh, ukraine was gonna you know fall into nato and all this other stuff now you've got nato troops on russian borders um now if you're putin what do you do you know what do you do what do, what, do you make a move or do you just allow it to happen uh i i think he made a move i think he had to make that decision but why was that happening like, why would they be absorbed into these other alliances? Whether it be NATO, you, whatever alliances that are happening in that area um, against Russia, why would they be absorbed? Was was it looking like Russia was good? See, this is the thing we don't know what happened. You, me, and all of us right here listening right now, we don't know what happened to make Russia start pushing troops down on those borders. We don't know. Yeah. Okay, and in about 30 years, we might know if we're still alive, we might, we might learn. But right now, we got to be open to the idea that we don't know. And so before we start villainizing this person or that person, this group or that group, we can still do that. Okay, because we do that. We're humans. We're going to villainize one side or the other. But don't be afraid to change your mind because we don't have all the information. Um, do I think we need to start shoveling money to Ukraine over and over again continually? No, I think we've gotten what we could get out of that situation. If that was part of the plan, find out what Russia's got, show, get them to show the cards before we do commit to a hot war, and then we can wear them down, blah, 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 blah. These things really do happen. Shaping operations really do happen. Or we also have to look at the perspective of this. There should be no more money going to Ukraine until somebody can tell us where the hell that money went and we agree with where that money went. Okay. There's no blank check thing. And hey, don't even tell me where it came, where it's going to, because I think that's how people launder a lot of money and do a lot of bad things. Uh, I think globalists do that in order to keep certain things happening so they can find other ways to make money. We've seen this throughout history. Uh, And I don't like that. I'm tired of that. I've seen enough people die in war. I've seen long wars. I'm really tired of that. I lived in a hospital for two years. I lived with the carnage of war, like literally as my roommates. Um, I know this, what this face looks like. And I'm tired of it. I really am tired of it. How do you, how do we walk away from this global war on terror? And it's like, oh, it's just over. Nobody won. No, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Okay. So I'm I'm tired of this this idea that we're going to use kinetic strategies for one reason or another, but nobody gets to win. You know, I'm sure. I'm, I'm over that because they just keep prolonging things. You know, the 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 the, uh, the military industrial complex made a hell of a lot of money off of Iraq and Afghanistan by keeping that thing going. There were people that make a lot of money off of stocks Mm -hmm. because they were building technologies to fight wars that we probably didn't even be engaged in the way that we were. Okay, I have a problem with that. I have a problem with the corporatocracy. What is a corporatocracy? When when capitalism becomes corrupt, it's called a corporatocracy. Mm -hmm. That corporatocracy, I've got a real problem with because I've seen the human side of it, and I don't think that's worth dying for. I think when you have strategic objectives that have to be met in order to secure your country's safety, that's worth dying for. Anything outside of that, I do not think is worth dying for.
1: All right. I I agree with you there. Uh, Fredo. uh, So, yes, to to put a finer point on it, Devolution doesn't claim Trump is president, but that he set executives orders out to protect America from foreign takeover and continuity of government isn't about Trump being commander in chief, just protection from the Bidens in China. So a devolution is, uh, like I said, it's very deep. It goes through a lot of different things. John has uh, put a lot uh, together uh, on this, on his Substack, and it's certainly something worth looking into. Um, but the idea essentially is that uh, President Trump had uh, delegated authority in some fashion or another and, you know, through a number of different uh, methods. But, um, but yeah, I think it's totally something you should look into. And it's pretty interesting. There is like a competing version of devolution, which says that President Trump is still the commander in chief and he's president, but I, that's certainly not something that uh, I buy into. Uh, people use this uh, to manipulate the minds of uh, people in the Patriot movement, I think. Um, yeah. People that's, yeah. that's gotta yeah. stop. People. Yeah. I'm yeah.
0: seriously, it's, it's gotta stop. We, there's re it's reality. You got to deal with reality and you got to worry about your 30 meter targets. You know, some stuff that happened in the fantastical here and the fantastical there doesn't really matter because it's not a usable. It's not a controllable. And we have to deal in reality, which is usables and controllables. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what is truthful? And this is the reality that we need to work in if we're going to if we're going to get things done.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I, I always look at it as, uh, you know, what what's the ultimate outcome that we're trying to achieve? I mean, we're trying to wake up. And galvanize the American people and the, the world at large, you know, so like, uh, what is it? What does it really matter? You know, the stuff that went on in the background? I mean, it's great to fantasize. It's great to theorize. But what we're talking about is what we've got in front of us right now. And what we've got in front of us right now is what I believe is an illegitimate administration, uh, certainly hell bent on destroying the American way of life, destroying the republic, pushing us ever closer towards communism. And so what we need to do is focus on on what can we do in our own uh, neighborhoods, in our own communities uh, to try to counteract that? And and how can we best work together to overcome the various psychological operations that are being pushed on us right now? You want to go ahead and point to something there?
0: Yeah, I do. I think everybody should go to 2-9 in session one and focus on these six things because these are the controllables. This is where we have power. This is where we can become literate. Number one, election integrity. That has to happen. Yes. Number two, border security. Border security has to happen. Number three, parental rights. Number four, medical freedom. Number five, protecting the Bill of Rights. And, and that's, every, that's every piece of the Bill of Rights. And no, Nobody gets to pick and choose there. Number six, defund, defund the uniparty members and remove them with fair elections. There's six things right here. There's six things that really we all need to get square on. Right here, right now. And it not only shows you what the six things are, we, we also tell people in here how they can be a part of changing that to become impactful. You go to chapter nine and we start talking about that. You go to chapter eight, reliability networks. That That's very, very important. Understanding the political warfare that's happening and not getting distracted by everything else because the real move is in the political warfare. That's where the real moves are happening. And most people aren't even paying attention to it. So. Yeah. Again, these are military style manuals written for civilians so they can navigate and become literate in the, comp- in the current operational environment of our country.
1: All right. So uh, John actually sent me over that clip of President Trump uh, talking about uh, psychological operations being done on the American public. Um, we are going to open up the phones here in just a moment. So I've put that information on screen. I'm going to go ahead and share it out here in the chats as well. That is the number that you need to call if you're calling in on your phone. You just dial 646-931-3860 and then enter the meeting ID, which you see on screen. It's 203-534-1837. And if you have the Zoom app installed on your phone or on your computer, then all you need to do is click this link And it'll bring you in. And uh, we already have our first caller on the line. That's great. Let me go over here to the, oh, shoot. And of course, the uh, screen isn't there. Let me bring this up. And we'll go ahead and take a listen to this clip from President Trump. Thank you, John, for sending it over. Don't forget this
3: persecution is being done by the same weaponized agencies that for seven years have been running illegal psychological warfare campaigns against the American people much as if they were trying to destabilize a foreign country. From the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax to the no-collusion Mueller witch hunt to impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, the 51 lying intelligence offers, how about them? They said it's Russia disinformation, and they knew it wasn't, which made about, according to some of the great pollsters that are right here, Made from, from anywhere from, from a 10 to 17 point, point difference. difference. And yet we still, we still got, got more votes, votes than any sitting president in history in the second
2: election. And, and we actually did much better in the second election than we did, did in, in the first election. The, first election. election. The, the, the fake dossier paid for by the
3: Democrats. How about the fake dossier? Remember that one? I think that was easy to go home and say, hello, darling, how are you? And they read about that. Wasn't easy at all. Spying in my campaign, campaign. we and spying in my, my campaign, campaign. The, the FBI, Twitter, Twitter files, and so much more. It's, it's all been, been a, battle a battle of disinformation, one thing after, after the other, other and, and all, all to protect, protect the radical left misfits.
1: So President Trump is right. Obviously, this is real. It's happening all around us all the time. And, uh, you know, Boone, I think a lot of people are frustrated by it. You know, they, uh, they they look at the state of the country and they ask, you know, why isn't somebody doing something about this? Um, but for me, and I'd like to know what you think about this before we uh, take a break and and come back with our first caller. You know, uh, for me, I, I believe that the only way that we can overcome this is through the collective will of the American people. Uh, If if somebody stepped in and there was some grand gesture by an agency or the military, uh, then what would that really accomplish? You know, maybe we might have uh, won the battle, but we probably wouldn't win the war. Somebody else would come back from behind and be able to accomplish exactly what we're seeing right now in the future. What's your opinion on that?
0: Well, two things. I want to recap that. That, that the comments that President Trump was making, you know, he's absolutely right about every one of those. He nailed them. Uh, and those are believable and they're truthful. What he said there was truthful. It's accurate information. Um, I will add one to that. And that was the hit job that was done on General Flynn. Mm-hmm. That started the whole thing. You know, he was the, he was the the first tier into taking down Trump. Yep. And you know, people still walk up to General Flynn and ask him, you know, how was prison? He said, like, "I never went the prison." People still don't realize that the <laughs> DOJ dropped that case for lack of evidence. Yeah. The 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 pardon he got was a pardon of innocence, not a pardon of guilty. And so, and that was to stop a judge from trying to recruit people to prosecute. Because who wants to go in front of a judge that's recruiting people to prosecute you? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think any I don't think anybody wants to do that, not in the United States or anywhere else for that matter. So you know, these things have been continuous, uh, continually happening, these psychological operations. Upro- well, it's, it's more than that. It's more than a PSYOP at this point. This is warfare, you know, and there's different PSYOPs and PSYACs uh, among the, among the whole thing. And I, I think that I think that if if we're going to really narrow down what what needs to happen is one we need to become literate about fifth generation warfare so you can understand the information that is put in front of you. You had another part of that question I've forgotten, so throw it at me again and I'll, uh, I'll knock it out of the park.
1: You know, I, I mean, really, it's um, well, what I said was uh, from my perspective. You know, the reason that we don't have like a savior swooping in to fix everything for us is because it has to happen through the collective will of the American people. I mean, we've got to be the ones to, to fix this system. Uh, we can't continue to you know, just you know, roll through life expecting somebody else to do it for us because if somebody else did it, then it could very easily uh, end up in the exact same situation that we find ourselves. Now we've got to learn something here. We we've got to, you know, find our collective will and, uh, and, and band together to be able to fix this system.
0: You're right. And this is something I I have this conversation quite a bit, because people say, okay, what do we have to do to win? What do we have to do to win? That's the magic question. Everybody wants to know. And that usually comes from somebody who has watched a lot of television And that's not a bad thing because that's most people in America because we don't have wars here on this land. Okay, we're usually pretty sheltered from those things. There's only certain people that go do that and then they come home. But there is no winning. This is what people need to understand. We have a move. They have a move. It goes back and forth. This is how it happens. And when you get five moves on top of them, okay, now you're winning. You're in that direction. But that doesn't mean they're not going to come back and, and hit you again. It's the same thing. If you go to your deathbed and you fought every day until you got there, you won. You're a winner. You won. But to expect just some magical morning when everybody gets to wake up and they go, we won. No, you didn't. You just got a little bit ahead. It's going to be a continuing thing. This thing isn't going to be over in one thing or two things. It's going to be continuous. And look at the massive force that is against us. Okay. It's huge. You've got the CCP, you've got all these NGOs, you do have Russia, you got Iran, you got all the BRICS nations. at that boy with BRICS. I mean, come on, people, you got to wake up to this stuff. This is what's happening. We're at war and this war is not going to just automatically be over. We do have to find that collective will. We do have to create continuity of message. We do need to have continuity of action, but it all starts with learning what this war, what this operational environment is all about how to relay information, how to have conversations, and then decide, okay, prioritize. First we do this, then we do that, then we do this. But we do have to do it as a people. How do you learn that? I hate to keep selling the book, but that's what we we put in here. So people will understand how to do that. It's, It's a very hard punch in the face type of thing. There's no winning. There's only fighting. And you have to prepare yourself for the fight. If you're not going to do that, Just get sucked into whatever soap opera you are currently sucked into and stay there because this is what people are doing. They're giving up action for entertainment. And when I say entertainment, I'm not talking about the nice stuff that you watch on TV that's produced. I'm talking about all the narratives that are being thrown around. It's one after the other. They become churches. Uh, News agencies are, 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 are famous for this now. If you're in the CNN group, well, that's your church. Mm-hmm. If you're in the Fox group, that's your church. Okay, this is how tribalized things have become. Well, the truth of the matter is that the, the, that media that's, that's being pushed from that socialist agenda is geared towards 40, 51% of the most socialist Democrats. That means 49% of Democrats and Republicans kind of believe the same thing. They're all America first. Mm-hmm. They don't want to do this globalist game. But we keep having these arguments between right and left. It's not right and left anymore. It's not it's not the paradigm we're on. And people can't even get past that point. We've got to come together. Republicans and and Democrats realize that we are the America first team. And then you have a socialist team, which is the globalist team. That's the uniparty side. And we got to get rid of them until we start understanding that paradigm in and of itself. We really are not getting anywhere. We're just tuned into church and we're having a good old time. We're having entertainment. We're not having action. So we got to get behind something that has action and tells people how to do it.
1: All right. Um, And before we take a break, uh, Fredo says, thank you again for your time, Boone. True, true patriot. Uh, Last question. Who do you think they will sub in for Biden and have you entertained the idea of cage fighting? <laughs> I would run away based on the beard alone. We'll get your answer to that on the other side of the break. We'll be right back after this. So recently, I've told you guys about a breakthrough new anti-aging remedy that I've been using that keeps me energized all day long. I just take a teaspoonful of C60 Evo olive oil in the morning, and I notice better mental focus, flexibility, and physical endurance. Now, it's rare to feel improvements this quickly. I also end up sleeping deeper at night, so it's really helpful. Their peptide and ESS60 hair and lotion renewal formulas are exceptional because they really work. And C60 Evo's lab has been manufactured Manufacturing this Nobel Prize winning miracle molecule for 32 years in their Houston, Texas Patriot owned lab. ESS60 is the upgraded version of the carbon 60 molecule. It's specifically made for both people and pets. It's a potent and effective way for people's lives to be improved all around the world. So maximize your health and enjoy noticeable results with C60 Evo organic edible oils, skin serums, and pet products. You can buy with confidence from C60 Evo, and you can use my personal code for a discount at checkout. Simply go to c60evo.com forward slash redpill78, and then when you're there, use code redpill78 for an additional 10% off your entire order. Once again, that's c60evo.com forward slash redpill78, and when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right, before we bring in our first caller, I want to address a comment that Big Ugg says. Uh, says, kind of smell CIA attachment here. He's talking psyops, but not really expounding. Is this an op being run here? Going to dig some on this guy? Well, I encourage you to dig. And uh, Boone, I'd love to get your. This, I'll, I'll do I'll yeah. do even better.
0: Ugh! find me on Twitter. Send me a message. I will call you. We will have a conversation. Yeah. uh that's not a big that's not a big deal for me i won't have conversations with people who are playing fuck fuck games okay i won't do that because they can have it and other people can deal with them but if you're a sincere person and this and you're not a part of any of this other nonsense why don't you just send me your send me your information send me a phone number i'll call you back There you go. um or find some other way that you can hide your identity or whatever but i just want to be me and if you could just be you let's have a conversation dude And I understand everything that you're saying because people really do get locked into their their things. And I I understand I am kind of a new guy here in this group, Uh, but I've been around a while. Feel free to to look me up or whatever. That's not a problem. Um, But, yeah, everything I've said is absolutely true. I got the tattoos and scars to show it if you want.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I go back to the book itself. You know, I mean we only have so much time in this broadcast, and there's so many different things I want to hit upon, uh, so if you want, like, a detailed breakdown of psychological operations and, and, you know, defining them, I mean, giving people a glossary of terms from which they can, uh, you know, pull to actually talk about, understand, and fight against these things, well, you're going to find it in the book. And uh, and also, you know, I mean, he wrote this book with General Flynn. I, I, you're so right. I mean, this is the thing that just, like, flabbergasted me when people try to attack General Flynn, he was the first chink in the armor for the action to take down President Trump. This is the first guy they went for. I mean, why does anybody listening think that they would choose General Flynn as a vector to destroy Donald Trump? I mean, he must have been doing something right, something that really threatened the the hegemonic goals of this uniparty deep state apparatus. So, all right, oh, let's... Oh,
2: yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, right <laughs> it's thing. logical to me. And, 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 and you
0: know what? People don't realize. I'll tell them the truth. Somebody asked me the other day: Is, is General Flynn uh, our uh, general? You know, Smedley Butler. You know, Smedley Butler. You know, the famous speech: "War is a racket." Two medals of honor.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I, I got to tell you, General Flynn is Smedley Butler. But if there's an intellectual version of John Wick. Mm-hmm.
2: General, <laughs>
0: General Flint is that guy. I like okay? it. Okay, <laughs> he's not stopping. Okay, he's just getting everything lined up. Okay, but if you want to know, if you really want to know what that that man's real mentality is,
1: it's John Wick. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, we've got our first caller online. It is one of our Australian correspondents, my good friend DJ Vector. Vector, how are you, buddy?
4: Hello, Zach. How are you going? To the audience, hello, Boone Cutler. It's a pleasure to meet you. So, thank you for your service. That uh, I saw you on, I, I had to call in, bro.
0: What's up, brother? Good to meet you, man.
4: You too. Yes, uh, I'm going to get your book. I'm going to go check it out. We've been engaged uh, in a fashion, peacefully, legally, lawfully for eight years in uh, psychological operations, uh, warfare operations, and how this was triggered for me personally. And this is what I'm leading into with this question: is was the 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 cue. Uh, psychological operations, PSYOP, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I understand General Flynn's opinions on that, and I've even seen him block people who even mention it on social media. But I just wanted to say that um, the reason why a lot of us got into this in the first place was because Q started making those drops. And whether or not that's a PSYOP, it was one of the most effective operations, I think, in the history of the world because it spawned people like myself to... Swear an earth to the people and constitution of the United States of America and my own country to work together shoulder to shoulder to solve this problem on a global perspective because um it's not just you guys in the United States obviously um so I want to just just right. get just get your opinion on on what I just said there as well as what you think of the Q psychological operation and what general flynn's opinions about that are go ahead sir
0: my opinion- my opinions are equal equal to that of General Flynn. But let me articulate a little bit more, because I think this is very important. One, I don't like messing with people's belief systems. Okay, I have my own, I have my own left and right limit about messing with people's belief systems. And in many ways, Q has become people's belief system. This is the thing that motivated them, they rallied around it, this is, this is their thing. And for yeah. that in and of itself, I say, if that is the thing that motivates you, if you really are fired up at that, that anywhere in the world, put your energy to action now. If you could, if, again, go to chapter eight in the book, we talk about reliability networks. And once you get enough of those, then you connect them. Now you have real action. This is how we start hitting 30 meter targets. The, the issue with Q at this point is that He's not giving 30-meter targets and directing people how to how to actually make things happen as a group, okay? It was very much a big megaphone, okay? And it works, and it works well. And I'm like, rock on with that. If that's the thing that motivates you, then let's work together with that. And I will say the same thing about whatever it is that motivates you. If that's the thing that motivates you, let's get on let's, – let's unite the tribes, and let's push forward, okay? I'm not going to be
4: Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to say that um, the Q movement has been infiltrated by a lot of bad people, lots. We are under heavy attack and have been for a long time, even by mainstream media. Zach's being attacked by media matters, and I'm sure it's connected to that. Um, They, you know, they just, they created a straw man of QAnon. QAnon does not exist, ladies and gents. Q is an anonymous poster who claims to have some knowledge. Actually, he doesn't really. He's just laying it on the table and saying, go and look here ask yourselves the questions, why this has become like a religion now is a problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I understand where Boone and and General Flynn are coming from. I would too. Uh, We have some bad people, maybe not half the community, but a lot of people that have just come in now for the disinformation, for the... The Patriot, P-A-Y, you know, just yep. to get paid and to drop disinformation. I don't want to drop names because I'm not that kind of a person, but Zach knows exactly who I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, these people are designed to help destroy the message, which was to motivate and unite people that were just flailing in the wind, the listless vessel, so to speak. And and uh, this brought us together. Uh, We're not all in agreement at all. And there's all these patriots that hate you, but I'm best friends with them. And we're working together because the number one goal is to save the United States of America peacefully, legally, lawfully, ethically, and above all, patriotically using this information warfare counterinsurgency technique. General Flynn talked about this is being run like an insurgency. It's information warfare at at its finest in politics. And this has spread all around the world. So we are some serious people, Boone. Uh, we aren't mucking about here. We're not here to discredit anybody and anyone who isn't about the core message of what Q was about at the beginning, uh, which was exposing corruption, exposing pedophiles, exposing uh, the whole system uh, that needs to come down at some point. He never promised anything to anybody, and I'm not expecting Q to come back, but as far as uh, uniting and motivating people, I swore an oath, and that means my life to God. Uh, to protect and defend the Constitution and the people of the United States and my own country, and I will fulfill that mission, uh, and that's where people like me are coming from. Go ahead, sir.
0: No, I, I'm in, in agreement with everything you said. I think uh, if there's – it's interesting to me. I was working um, – I was doing some video editing with this young man
2: who, um,
0: quite honestly, he was a dreamer. He was He was brought here uh, illegally by his mother, and now he's, he's, he's an illegal alien. I got stuck in a booth with him one day and he's doing editing and he looks at me like I know. And he says, what is Q? And I'm (laughs) like, well, that's interesting. What I honestly, I don't really know, but why are you asking me? He says, my mother can't stop talking about it. Now his mother is a woman in her thirties, I'm guessing who doesn't even speak English. Wow. Okay. So wow. if you have that type of penetration, you're doing something right, okay? Yeah. Now I res- I'll stand back all day long and I say, "Hey, I respect the technique because I do. Okay, that's that's impressive to have that type of penetration." And then I've seen people talking about it in across Europe, obviously in Australia, obviously, you know, to have that type of penetration, it's it means a couple things. One, you've, you you have a target audience that has not been satisfied by the current messaging. So they're jumping onto what you're saying, which means you have the pulse of a large group of people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. That has to be noted. Okay. That has to be noted. Okay. So I'm not, so I, I always look at things like, cause I have to back to that guy in there questioning my, my SIOP background. You shouldn't, I mean, right now you should kind of get that. I am talking about psyop. If you can collect the target audience, first of all, where did, who did the target audience analysis? Two, who did the predictability on the target audience analysis? Because they hit it dead on, okay, in multiple languages, multiple regions across the planet. I say again, you got to respect the technique. Whoever pulled that off did a hell of a job, and I respect the technique. In today's world, where we are right now, all those people that collected, that came together, I'm saying let's go one step further. And let's actually learn how to work as a team with some very, very specific things each person can do to make it all come together, to create that continuity of message and invoke that continuity of action.
4: I love it. Amen, sir. Um, That's fantastic. Uh, Before I go, I I just wanted to say uh, this is all about the culture war, ladies and gents. So the way that I'm engaged in this is through learning all the skill sets that I needed. I made my album, I learned editing, I'm learning filming now. It's music and food to connect with people that you otherwise would not be able to connect to because that is what they're focusing on. They're focusing on music, film and food uh, in particular. So these are uh, attack vectors for the information war, where we're trying to be successful. So everything that I'm I'm doing, as far as you know, DJing and it seems funny and all the rest of it, and cooking, it's actually extremely well thought out, and uh, it's about delivering a message with mimetic warfare, subliminal warfare, uh, and these sorts of techniques because they are being employed against us, ladies and gents. So we need to be extremely good marketers like the best, better than the the people in Madison Square, uh, wh- whatever Trump talks about in New <laughs> yeah. York. Uh, we are way better than them. We got President Trump elected. We're going to get him re-elected again. We are the grassroots that will, uh, we will die on our sword for this. Okay. Of course, we're going to do this peacefully, legally, lawfully, ethically for the, all the feds watching. Enjoy the show, by the way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's no way out of this, ladies and gents. There's no way that we are going to fail in our mission because We have made up our minds, and there's nothing more powerful than a made-up mind, ladies and gents, because the the United States of America, we owe a debt of gratitude here in Australia, the likes of which the world has never known. You know, we we were going to be taken over by the Japanese, and now this voice thing, it's a whole heap of communists dressed up as Aboriginals that are trying to take our country by changing uh, the constitution in a referendum. Our country in Australia is under attack, and we know this, and the only friends that we have are the United States of America, so I will stand with the United States until the end because I know that this is tied into the, uh, the future of my family, the safety of my country, we are under the same psychological subversion, ideological subversion that Yuri Bezanov talked about here in Australia, the critical race theory, the LGBT agenda. All of that stuff is happening here with an Australian flavour. And at the same time, we're being called racists in our own country because we're not supporting a referendum to give uh, apparently the Aboriginals a voice. And none of them are supporting this, ladies and gents. So. If you're listening from Australia, this is extremely important. Vote no to The Voice because this is a a big deal. I've been focused on the US and I haven't been paying attention to my own country, but it's time to uh, put the focus on Australia, ladies and gents, uh, because Australia are the only friends that you got in in the world, like proper friends. We go everywhere that the United States goes, right or wrong, Iraq, uh, Afghanistan, you name it, uh, you know, the Deputy Sheriff John Howard who disarmed the country, through the Port Arthur Massacre, another alleged false flag. You know, we know what's going on. We've been locked down. The lucky country is getting fucked, ladies and gents, and we've had enough of it. So let's all stand side by side, shoulder to shoulder, Australia and the United States and other patriots around the world with the spirit of America and beat these pieces of shit because I've had enough. I've been fighting for eight fucking years and I've had enough of it. So um, gloves off. Uh, enough of the nicety let's all get together if you're in the q movement let's stick together i don't care if people don't agree with us it doesn't matter the goal is saving the country and that is it no, i'm not going to go on that because otherwise i'm just going to be ranting raving right all right brother uh much right.
1: much love vector go ahead boot uh, he's absolutely
0: right you know once you have a group that's half the battle okay now it comes to what is that group going to do okay that's organize. Organize and mobilize. Now that we have some sort of group we have to organize and mobilize, once that happens globally, they're really dead in the water. We do have to do this in a global fashion. Each country should be fighting for their nation state, for the sovereignty of their own nation state. Isn't that weird? We've now hit a paradigm where the citizenry within each country isn't trying to appeal to their government and fight wars against each other. Now you have the global citizenry as one group, that are fighting their own governments to maintain their sovereignty as a country. This is a very odd thing. This may be the first worldwide revolution of people for the populist movement, not to fight each other, but to fight their own government so they can remain, remain sovereign. Mm-hmm. And I think and
4: America first. Boom! This is why we're going to do it because if you save Australia, great, that's nice. Okay, then what? No, we need to save America, and America first. Listen, free speech backed up by the Constitution, all right, uh, uh, in the Constitution by the Second Amendment, which shall not be infringed. There's a reason for that. It's the glue that keeps the USA together and the USA being a strong Christian country with the Constitution and the Bill of Rights is what is keeping the, uh, the world from, like, just descending into chaos, ladies and gents, all right? I understand this. That's why I'm such a huge proponent of the Second Amendment and I understand that. People here in Australia think I'm just a gun nut. No, that is not the case. Okay. The only reason that we are still having this conversation is because you and the United States of America, all the rednecks with your huge arsenals and all the rest of it, is because you are holding the line. And I'll be damned if I'm just going to go down and and and, and um, let these globalist pieces of shit rape the country, beautiful Lady Liberty. No, we're not having that. Okay. So um, on that happy note, yeah, uh, fight for the country, ladies and gents, because if America goes, we're fucked. America first for a reason. And then the rest of the countries will all fall into line. I promise you this, 100%. Okay, God's shown me this, America first. Let's get it done peacefully, legally, lawfully, ethically, and patriotically. No civil war, clean and swift, and that's all I've got. Thanks, guys.
1: Amen. Thank you so thank much, you. Vector. We'll see you soon, brother. Thank you again. Appreciate you. A uh, couple of thank yous from over on Rumble, One two one seven two eight seven. Uh, Says hashtag night shift, hashtag ghost, 07, ready, set, go. Uh, Also says hashtag, not just hashtags, hashtag be best. And then Freight Awakening says great call vector. Q is the only cult that urged people to do their own research and think for themselves. Love the hat, by the way. And then 17287 also says we are the news. Thank you very much for those. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for the support. Uh, Bringing in our next caller caller you're on the air can we get your name
5: uh, one
1: yeah oh dj well yeah make sure you uh yes. m- mute the stream and then yeah brother so good to hear from you yeah
5: man how you doing zach
1: excellent excellent welcome back to the show so what's your uh question you. for boone
5: okay so um uh i have a couple of questions but uh, the thing he said about uh, uh, the thing he said about Trump not being commander in chief. I don't believe that. I believe Trump. I know you both said that you don't believe that that's possible or or true. I believe that to be true. Uh, I give you ex- a, an example. If the country, okay, first of all, they cheated in this 2016. They cheated in 2020. Military was watching. Space Force was watching. They caught all the cheating in, in 2018. Uh, they caught the cheating in 2020. If they caught the cheating and, and they know uh, that there was an insurrection on November 3rd, they could have said, "Look, let's just let this play out. They don't won't have access to the military. You're in command here." He he never conceded. First of all, as president, he never gave up the nuclear code. So they could have just, like he says, he's been saying it lately, we took a pause. So they could have just said, look, let's let's just let them play that that out. And let's push them so they do it even faster so everybody can see. Um, Everything seems to be happening remarkably in tune with the Q movement. Like those deltas keep coming out and to the day. Not Maybe not to the year, and a couple of them to the day and to the minute, but maybe not to the year. They're very relevant. And um, that's what got me really digging. I've been digging in stuff for, for half my life, but this got this Q movement, like uh, I came upon it like everybody else probably happenstance. You know, I, I saw somebody talking about it, and I was like, what the hell are they talking about? and then I dug and I found out what it was and I started following him. I was like holy shit this is deep so that brought me in um, that's my thoughts on that I, I already heard you guys your thoughts on that but if there was and pretty much there was an insurrection on uh, November 3rd then the military took over at that point and whoever is the commander in chief of the military on November third, twenty twenty, would still be the commander in chief of the military now, even though it's not. May the, I ask a question?
0: May, may I ask you a point of point of point of point of facts, sir? I agree mm-hmm. with you that the election was bogus. I completely agree with you. But you you said there was an insurrection, and therefore, can you show me on? any type of document that a, a military document a government document that's cuz you, you made the allegation you said there was an insurrection okay now here's what we're doing again i shouldn't even do this because i'm not trying to offend you in any way i honestly the fact that you're right. motivated to do do things i love it but i also love free exchange of ideas okay and okay. so i'm going to i'm going to work from my frame of reference and i'm here's what i'm going to do i'm going to work from my frame of of reference, and I'm going to absolutely try and understand your frame of reference more than I try and prove mine. And if you do the same thing, then we can have a good conversation. So here's my question. My frame of reference is, you've already heard that, now I've heard yours. You say there was an insurrection. You say that very categorically. Insurrection. Who acknowledged there was an insurrection that was in office that actually made decisions based upon there being an insurrection? Where, where where were the decisions made? Who made them? Who made them? Where is the document? Where is the? What happens when there's an insurrection? Do you know what happens? What the what is supposed to happen? What the SOP is the standard operating procedure is when there's an insurrection? Did that happen?
5: No. Okay. It didn't happen. There, I, it didn't. It didn't. Ha- it didn't happen the way you would think it would happen.
0: Okay. So there. There is no government agency, there is no authority that, that came from the, from the commander-in-chief at the time that said, there's an insurrection, therefore I am invoking X, Y, and Z. That never happened, right?
5: Well, the response to the insurrection, I would say, never happened the way it would normally happen. Okay. That makes sense.
0: Okay. So we, yeah, we agree on that. We agree on that completely. Okay. And so let's. That's so, my frame of reference. Clarify, and yours.
5: Just, just to, just to clarify what I'm saying. I'm not saying that something didn't happen because of the insurrection. I'm saying something may have happened, or or probably happened, but you're just not being let known that it happened. We're all just it's just being kept quiet.
1: Yeah. So, DJ, you know, from that perspective, I mean, we're in agreement. I mean, I'm not saying that I don't think there, there could be something happening in the background, but it's my it's my my stance that Joe Biden is officially, for all intents and purposes, the Named president of the United States, he's the one sitting in the White House. He's the one doing, you know, stuff in front of the cameras and stuff. And um, you know, so any other sort of like uh, continuity of government or like devolution of uh, of powers and stuff. I mean, yeah, we're we're not going to find out about that stuff, you know. I mean, there's no way that they would tell us that because
5: right. you're not going to see yeah. any
1: documents or anything on yeah. that. Yeah, you're yeah. not going to see anything.
5: But if you, follow- I, I think,
0: I think you, I think you absolutely would. Really? I think if there was, if oh my gosh, yes, I mean, God, if there was an insurrection. You would actually well, see well, if there's an well, if there's an insurrection inside of a government, you will actually see the commander in chief say there's an insurrection and take military action. You will absolutely see that. That's the way. That's the way everything is supposed to go. To say that no, there's this other paradigm. Well, well,
5: well. What if what if what if he didn't say the word insurrection? What if President Trump never said the word insurrection? But if he thought there was, they stole, they stole the election from us. They stole, but but that's a belligerent occupancy at that point. That is an insurrection. That's a belligerent, if they stole the election, that's a belligerent occupancy. And if that's a belligerent occupancy, then the military is going to step in to save the country. You know, um, and it's a belligerent uh, occupancy. Where are you getting that term?
0: Where are you getting that term? Belligerent occupancy. Is that a legal term or is that something you just heard and you're saying it?
5: No, that's a term that I read in the law of war manual. And what did
0: it what did it say when there is a belligerent occupancy?
5: Who's in charge when there's
0: a belligerent occupancy?
5: well it, it well in that section it didn't get into who's in charge it, okay. it, but it tells you it tells you what a belligerent occupancy is and what is done when there is a belligerent occupancy so with a belligerent occupancy um it is it is a group coming in and taking control of an area forcefully that they're not supposed to have and then uh um they, ha- they can hold this area for a period of time, but after that period of time or during that period of time, there's a reprisal, a, a, a retortion phase. The retortion phase is where the opposis- the opposition does everything in their legal power to get that back, that area back. After that phase is over, after that retortion phase is over, if that doesn't work, you come to a reprisal phase where you, the, the, the ousted party, can use everything that the belligerent party used against you. Even if it's illegal, you can use those same tactics to get it back. You just can't go beyond those. Tactics. The other if, thing President, you, if
0: President Trump, you talk to, let me ask you a question, though. If President Trump, like, again, I'm here to understand your frame of reference more than I am trying to prove my own. So let me ask you a question. If President Trump had maintained occupancy of the presidency, would that Mm -hmm. not have been considered a belligerent occupancy if he wasn't there to say there has been an insurrection? Would he have
5: not been the belligerent occupier? So, 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 so you're saying that if he just, no, I'm, not, president... I'm not saying,
0: I'm, I'm asking, I'm asking if he had said, I'm not relinquishing anything. <clears throat> there's been an insurrection and I'm staying. Would he not be the belligerent occupier at that point? Unless he uh, invoked what it was that, that needed to be invoked to handle an insurrection, which, which had been, he still would have been a belligerent occupier until proven otherwise by what so, you refer to as sort of military deployment.
5: So so here so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Optics, as you know, are very important, right? In twenty twenty, if Trump would have done that, everything would have backfired. He couldn't do that. He didn't I have agree. enough. He he had all of all of us on his side, right? But he didn't have enough of us, the country, the world on his side. Mm-hmm. And as as you look now, he has gone up guy in popularity yeah. and, and a lot amongst the black population who hated him. So, you know, he, 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 the way he played this out was let them do their worst, but just keep them at a, you know, at a safe area. Don't let them go too far, but let them do their worst. Let them do their thing. So, the American people can see how bad it is, and when the American people see how bad it is, and they look back and see how good I did the country, they're gonna gonna be more people who flock to my side. I will agree with what,
0: you, I will I, agree with the I will agree with you that I believe the mentality Trump had was that mentality. I will yeah, disagree but, with you that he invoked some sort of insurrection policy and is continuing to be in charge. Do I think he said, "Hey, you know what?" fuck me, fuck you. Let's see what these guys do and maybe I come back around the other end when they've completely screwed everybody and then I can get, you know, we can we can start this again and we'll do it right. Do I think that happened? I think that makes a lot of sense. That, that completely is plausible to me. But to say he's still in, now you're adding things though when you say, therefore he must still be in charge. I think that well, part right there well, well, is, well, I, well, I, I can't, I can't get that one. Yeah,
5: well, good, okay. I'm,
0: glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad you do. But can we we use your beliefs? Let me clarify
5: the statement. Therefore, I believe he's still in charge. You know, Biden was not, the whole Biden administration, they were not allowed into the Pentagon for quite a while. I don't even think they're still allowed in the Pentagon. Why would, why would that be? He's the president of the United States. Here's another thing that just recently happened. Why is Zelensky calling on Trump to ask Trump about his peace plan? Why isn't Zelensky calling on Biden to ask Biden, "Let's have peace"? Because Biden's the president. Trump's not the president. Trump just Trump's just an ordinary citizen right now. So why would Zelensky be calling Trump
1: or trying to call on Trump?
5: Where
0: did you get that? Where did? Where did you get that information? I just want to qualify. Oh, that that
1: was actually reported. Uh, President Trump had recently said, yeah, he he recently said, you know, hey, if I was uh, if I when I come back into the White House. Uh, You know, we'll have this solved in a day because I've got a peace plan. So uh, Zelensky, you know, I mean, uh, personally, I think his back's up against the wall. I mean, his country is being pushed through a meat grinder and there's not going to be very many military age men who are going to be able to fight. Um, So he publicly said, I I believe it was when he was uh, uh, speaking at the U.N. the other day. Uh, He suggested that uh, President Trump should uh, uh, deliver his peace plan so that they can essentially act on it. But, you know. It's uh, obviously, you know, I mean, Joe, Joe Biden's not in a position, no matter what his title is, he's not in a position well, to well, uh, make I peace think, with anybody. Well, well, let me let me play devil's advocate on that, with, okay. that one just real quick.
0: And then we can come back to doing all this other stuff. If if I am if I'm if my sugar daddy is Biden, OK, <laughs> and he's paying me, paying me, paying me and then goes, hey, do me a favor this Trump guy won't shut the fuck up about a <laughs> peace plan. Why don't you ask him for it? That way we can pick it apart. And so he doesn't get to keep that. This is political warfare, asymmetrical political warfare, right?
5: That so could, that it, could be so. Okay. Um, Cause we got to so, expand, but, but, but good.
0: we got to expand
5: the continuum, right? What else could so, it be? So that, that could be. So what else could it be? Zelensky's one of their puppets. Zelensky's got his back against the wall. Zelensky's got to do what they tell him to do. He's one of their puppets. Zelensky's tired of it. His country is being destroyed. It's being literally turned into a pile of dirt. (laughs) Into a pile of dirt. No matter how much they say they're winning, they're not winning anything. (laughs) Russia's in in pristine condition. And Ukraine is a pile of shit right now. So Zelensky wants out before he ends up dying. So he, he 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 don't want he, he basically that to me was to say, I don't want to deal with these fuckers anymore. They're crazy. <laughs> Let's start peace. Somebody help me out here. I I, that's, I think
0: that's that's t- that's, yeah. that's totally plausible, my friend. That yeah. one we can totally jive on that one, man.
1: All right. I'll buy you a drink.
0: I'll buy you a drink on that last point of fact.
1: How and, about and, that? and DJ, we've got two yeah. people on the on the line, so I want to make sure we get to them. So uh, I just want to thank you for your call. I think that uh, at the end of the day, President Trump is at least in spirit more the president of the United States than Joe Biden is, because certainly he's got the love, the adulation and the support of the people. Uh, world leaders are looking to him. They're not looking to Joe Biden. And uh, Joe Biden, uh, he could not tell his ass from a hole in the ground if they gave him yeah. enough rope uh, this, to do it. This we, this we agree with. In spirit, oh.
0: yes. Point of oh. fact, maybe not so yeah. much.
5: And I, I just want to say one last thing. I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to get off, and maybe you guys can discuss it afterward. Um, but as far as the Chinese spy balloon, yes, I do not think that that was a Chinese spy balloon. Okay, I think that that was an American sat balloon. I don't think that there are satellites. I don't think that there are satellites in office. I think there's a bunch of balloons way up there just hanging around. There, there are no um, satellites, so so to speak, and I think that that what happened with the that balloon flying over the United States was a white hat operation, and them showing us this is what's actually this is what's actually up there. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, and, and one last thing before I get off. Okay. Apparently, if you encounter an alien, all you have to do is feed it candy. <laughs> There you go. Problem solved. Yeah.
1: Problem solved. There you go. Yeah. There you go. There uh, you all go. you
5: got to do is feed a cat. You don't got to shoot at the or anything. Just give it a piece of candy. All right, guys. All listen, right, brother. I love you. Love you. I know you love us. God bless you both. God bless us all, and God bless the United
1: States. Amen. Brother, we'll talk Brother, to you soon. Amen. Thank you so much, DJ. All right, uh, real quick, TZ Burton over on Rumble says, thank you, Zach, and thank you, Boone. I just want to say, great show. This is a white pill moment for me. Glad to hear it. Uh, Evelamai Evel, e, Evel, USA says, uh, Zach, you are the best person for this exact interview. Thank you, Boone. Thank you. We need this conversation. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Uh, Freight Awakening says, do you think they will swap Biden out for Newsom or Big Mike? Do you think that there's a possibility that there is no election? Do you agree that Michelle Obama has a penis? Thank you. Oh, sorry about that. Big Mike. We joke around about Big Mike on the show. Uh, Yes. uh, So what's your thoughts on that? Do you think they're going to let Biden make it to 2024? I mean, is it possible they're going to swap him out? Uh, And if they don't have somebody to swap him out, would they even allow an election to take place?
0: I think they're going to do the safest thing possible. Um, I think that's going to continue to happen right now. I just saw I think it was a Reuters poll Mm -hmm. where they had they had Biden up five points over trump you know i i think that messaging will continue to to be pushed to be pushed to be pushed i don't think it's without it's outside the realm of possibility to go newsome you know i think that makes a lot of sense to a lot of people and and then just just try and and take it from there um I, i think that's definitely a possibility i think i think a lot of things are on the table i don't do i think they could get away with running biden again Believe it or not. Yeah, I do. I think they, they could get away with that. And I'm uh, looking at my power here. Sure. It looks like my iPods, so my earpods are out in about 10, I got about 10%. My phone's got about 20 Okay, and like a dumb, dummy. I didn't bring more, but, um, and I think I, I can still listen without the ear pods. It might just be a yeah. different sound. Yeah. We'll make, we'll work, we'll work through that until the phone dies. But okay. um, I think a lot of things can happen. I, I'm, I really am seeing though, and I think other people are seeing the same thing. And and we wrote about this. This is important. Um, You know, you've got RFK Jr. Okay. Getting up, making a lot of points, making a lot of sense. People are liking him and and he's a Democrat. You know, you've got this, some sort of, I don't know, there is a simpatico thing happening where it's kind of like, you know, Trump acknowledges RFK Jr. Yeah. He acknowledges Trump. General Flynn acknowledges both people. People were like, "That'd be really great if all three of these folks got in the same room and did something together." I agree. You I know, agree. yeah. <clears throat> I I think I think you're going to see. I think that is not a bad thing to to talk about. I don't think. Uh, I think it's it's something that that's the juggernaut, man. Mm-hmm. That's the juggernaut right there. I think we might see something really. Super interesting. Come from that trio,
1: yeah, yeah. At
0: some point, and I, I think more people should be talking about it.
1: Uh, I, I, I said this so early on, and I think you're absolutely right. You know, people, you know. People have this uh, the, this this opinion that if if you say something complimentary about somebody who isn't a Republican or you know who is you know potentially seen as a challenger for Donald Trump, that you must have turned on Donald Trump. But that's not the case. I mean, P- President Trump is my only candidate, is my only president, and uh, I, I'm 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 working diligently to get him back into the White House. But RFK Jr. is doing for the left what Trump couldn't do because those people. Immediately dismissed anything that President Trump said or, or any position that he had. RFK is very closely aligned with President Trump on so many different things. It's almost like we're witnessing his awakening at the same time, you know, that uh the the rest of America is kind of coming to uh, the realization that, wow, we've been lied to, uh the 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 virus was a bioweapon, the uh, uh the, the vaccine was even worse, and uh and they've stolen the country because uh they all they want is power and they want to subjugate us. Okay. So, yes, I would so like to see President Trump, RFK Jr., General Flynn in a, a trifecta administration. I think that that would be great. All right, we're, we've got two more callers. Oh, we're going to take these, and then we're going to be closing out for the night. Snowcat operator over on Rumble says, uh, kicking in for that leather shoulder holster, Zach. Uh, you're going to look cooler than Sonny Crockett. I just ordered a 5G warfare AI sign book. Thank you for some realistic analysis and feedback, Boone. Awesome. Thank you for that. Caller, you're on the air. Can we get your name?
6: Hey, what's happening, Zach? And welcome, <clears throat> Boone. And, Boone, thank you for your service.
1: Welcome thank you for your support,
6: home. brother. Talk to me. All right. Uh, First of all, I think uh, the information warfare, the narratives, all basically boil down to the human ego. Everybody wants to be correct. And if you're married, you want to be correct maybe close to 50% of the time. But you look at it that the human ego drives the narratives, and they're driven by the second mode of the transmission, if you will, it's called factual extrapolation, okay? You get a fact, and you extrapolate on it. Whether the points meet at the truth to a fact to a fact, it's done in pattern recognition. Whether you're a degenerate gambler, you play the stock market, you're predicting whether the human initiative, the human ego wants to be right, and it wants to pick one fact and extrapolate it to meet another fact that proves you're right um and and like you say you can call me on this boon whether you think i'm right or i'm wrong but you did mention uh and i want to talk about the monroe doctrine but i also want to talk about general friend flynn quickly first of all well, the Monroe wait, Doctrine. Quick, you know, yeah, go ahead
0: nancy i i just want to make the, the understand I, I want the audience to understand because i think this is so important we have to do this more often my intention is to understand this man's frame of reference more than prove my own. So if we can both do that, then we lower the polarization and we can have real conversations. And I think that's so important to model and mentor that whenever we can. Okay. You said something, you gave me a definition about when a fact meets a fact. What was the, what was the name of that called again? Because it sounds very close to the definition of cognitive dissidence.
6: To an extent, it's called factual extrapolation, okay? How is that different so, than cognitive
0: dissonance?
6: Well, it's it's more pattern recognition. It doesn't become cognitive dissonance until you won't accept other facts. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Oh, gotcha, uh, gotcha. You, you, okay, okay. So you're not it, getting
0: locked into two, two points of fact. You're willing to accept all of them.
6: Absolutely. It's like sports betting. Okay. All right. Everybody okay, gotcha. can, gotcha. I hopefully, yeah, you know, because the lions play like crap outside on the West coast. You know, <laughs> that's a fact that you can extrapolate it to all West coast trips if you want. So I'm just saying, and, and people use emotion, mostly women, but it's like they use emotion to replace logic and fact. So the extrapolation in the media because of the female persuasion, it's off the boards. All right. You get one fact, and it goes in such a wild direction, you can't get back to a center point. So what I'm saying is my question on uh, at least the Monroe Doctrine and your service, and once again, thank you for your service, uh, you mentioned Panama, and that got you kind of involved with the military to the extent that you wanted to sign up. My point is I think a lot of good, just people are sent into wars that are unjust by unjust and evil people Uh, to the respect that I did a lot of work and lived with Vietnam veterans, all right? And their seed of the PTSD was they're fighting for an unjust war, okay? And I don't think we've had a just war since the half of the Korean War but that wasn't even a war because we didn't win. It was a police action. So everything moving forward has been an unjust war, all right, and to a point where you get the population behind and uncovering the truth to realize, you know, and, and you served, I'm, I'm guessing, in Iraq or Afghanistan. Uh, yeah, can you know, I – inter- can, behind- can, can, yeah. Only because in
0: case my battery dies, I, I want to talk to every every veteran out there. <laughs> to understand because there's a lot of guilt within our community and some of it revolves around some of the things you've just said and i trust me like i said when i've worked in veteran advocacy for for over a decade i, I have i mean in the no shit fucking trenches and this is where i've kind of come to the mindset and i want to give everybody else the same thing a warfighter fights wars and wins wars that's what a warfighter does Okay, we are the sharp end of St. Michael's sword. We are the sharp end. We're not the handle. If our government sends us to the wrong place and we still do our job, the guilt is theirs. It's just not ours. They sent us there. We did our job. So I'm gonna, I am gonna. will say I just want that to be out there because I know there's probably some combat veteran listening to this whole thing and deals with some of the same stuff I've, I've seen and that I've also dealt with. The guilt belongs to the right. people who swung the sword, not the people who did the cutting. We cut. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to continue to do that. And I hope we do. All
1: right. And Casey, Casey, I just I just wanted to ask you to just make it as succinct as possible, because uh, Boone's battery is about to die and we've got one caller on the line and we may not get to him. So continue.
6: Absolutely. My point is, I don't think since the Korean War, the military has been operated by the American people or the American government. I think it's more globalist in that respect. So every battle that you've been sent into, you haven't been able to win. It's been a meat grinder for various reasons. And I don't want to extrapolate everything from the Monroe Doctrine being selectively utilized, whether it's Cuba, whether it's Grenada, whether it's Panama, like you spoke of, whether it's now Venezuela, are we going to have a succinct Monroe Doctrine or not? And just moving forward on the, uh, General Flynn, question. Because I, I really agree, with you, I agree with you about
0: a- I agree with you about the Monroe, Monroe Doctrine being used selectively. I just want to put that out there
5: before you go on.
6: Okay, <clears throat> but it's used utilized selectively by the globalists, not the American people. All right, and by our representatives, um, and that goes back to the whole April Glaspie, and that was the one great thing that Ross Perot ever did was outing her name because that was an unjust war and they screwed Saddam Hussein. Hopefully one day the real story will come out. Uh, but anyhow, on General Flynn, the prevailing narrative is Obama went after him because of uh, he was the first detective for the military after the raid on Obama and supposedly killing him, whether he's still in Iran, whatever. But he had all the intel. He disseminated that with his team that's what made him target number one. And I'm just hoping he's shared that story with you to say, you know what? It's complete bullshit or it's actual fact, because I think Flynn holds the lynchpin to taking down the deep state and he will be the primary witness if he lives that long. But I, can you speak to your relationship with him and are we on the right trail?
0: I think it's even bigger than what you're saying. Um, well, when you talk about the, the National Security Advisor, OK, what's the job of the National Security Advisor? Everybody should go look at the job description for that. OK, the National Security Advisor advises the president on things that are a matter of national security. Well, one of the things that's a matter of national security is if somebody is being bribed, if someone is corrupt. OK, this is a big deal. This becomes a national security issue. And General Flynn, I can tell you as much as I've said before, he's, he's like a very intellectual John Wick. That's the truth. The other thing is he's a guy who is, man, when I tell you he's gracious and when I tell you he's like by the book, like he's going to do the right thing, no matter how much it hurts him, he's going to do the right thing, no matter how much it hurts him. And I think that he was getting put into a position where he was going, keep in mind, he was also DIA. So it's not like he didn't have access to a lot of intelligence that was happening around that had to do with corrupt individuals. Yeah. Look at the group of people that were in the room that decided to take him down. Yes. How many of those have been outed as corrupt since then? Quite a few. Yep. So this is why they had cause to take him down because he would have been the best corrupt corruption hammer this country has ever seen.
1: Amen.
6: Yeah, okay. Casey. Can you quickly talk about how his brother is in charge of the South China fleet? So that his would be a brother- DJ argument that Q is in control. Okay, yeah, all right, Casey. We gotta we gotta
1: bounce onto the next caller, man, because Boone's battery is about to die. But all right. uh, I appreciate your brother. Thank you so and, much. And let, let me
0: and let me tell you about this about about okay. General Flynn that's in charge of Southcom. That man put in the years and a whole lot of work. Okay, to get to where he's at, I would not, I would not dial that down a, a notch and say it's because of some Q plan. That man worked to get to where he's at, and he should be respected for doing so.
6: All I right, was just talking about the narrative of his brother being in charge of the South China fleet. How could that happen if Biden was really in charge? So but anyhow, you're doing great work. If you want, call me. I'm lonely. All right, brother. Have a great night. We'll have a great weekend.
1: Thank you. All right. So a couple of quick uh, questions from Rumble. Freight Awakening says, just FYI, Zach, my three-year-old, my three-year-old said, what the fuck is up with all these curse words? This sort of shit is offensive. He's under my bed again. I am speechless. He doesn't really have a three-year-old. All right. Uh, Freight Awakening also says, real red pill girlfriend, please holler at Zach and ask him to please ask Boone how Biden has been allowed to stay in power with all the corruption and destruction. That's from Rain. And then Rain also says, I second Fredo's question. Why is Biden allowed to stay in power with all the corruption and destruction? Are we really required to put up with it? Thank you, Fredo. So, yes, Boone, I think this kind of gets back to what I was saying earlier about the American people having to be the ones to solve this problem. Uh, I I don't know that— You know, it's this this is something that people get really twisted up about. You know, uh, why would uh, the good people in government allow Joe Biden to run this ship straight into the ground? I personally think it has to happen that way. But what's your opinion?
0: My opinion is uh, there are you know, he's there is an apparatus that's supporting him. Yeah. Okay. And that, that apparatus is not every rank and file person with every government agency. But definitely the leadership is, is being supportive of of what um, of, of, the, of him. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's why he's there. Now, the, the American people, yes, we have to get these people out. And some people are going to say, oh, but voting doesn't matter. I'm going to I'm going to tell you this. And this is very, very important. On Election Day, you show up on Election Day in mass as a matter of protest. You show up, everybody shows up on election day as a matter of protest. No mail-in ballots, none of that funky stuff. Straight up election day. And also volunteer to work in the polls. Be a good observer. Understand what's happening there. Make sure you know how to report if you can report. Those two things right there absolutely has has to happen. And everybody listening and watching right now can do those two things. So volunteer at the polls. And make sure you show up in mass as a matter of protest, if nothing else, on Election Day.
1: All right. Amen. All right. So our final caller, Josh, uh, hung up. So we don't have him anymore. So final thank yous over What's here. Up, Josh. Yeah, sorry about that, buddy. Uh, final thank yous. Uncensored Abe, thank you for the shades. Von Hitch says, Boone, thank you. Uh, we can all be ops. Wait, we... We can all be ops. We beat the NWO homoglobalists with truth. Wake up people softly daily. Tamer Growl says miracles incoming and filtered on one dropped a pair of shades. All right. Awesome. So, Boone, uh, you, before your battery dies, I always like to ask my guests, what would you like the audience to most take away from tonight's conversation?
0: Get, determine what your 30-meter targets are. There's too many people that are focused on everything so far out that you, it's never going to make a difference. You're taking too much time. We got to hit those 30 meter targets. You want to learn more about those 30 meter targets? You got to read this book and you got to read session two. Everything we put out is relative to your life and the operational environment that you are living in. It's not there to create hysteria. We will actually give you solutions to problems.
1: Okay, awesome. And uh, 17287 uh, also says, Boone, I got to send you two books to sign. Your vote is a protest. Be best, Mass. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you for the quality questions and the conversation. Boone, most of all, thank you for being here. I hope you will come back in the future. You're always welcome. And uh, for everybody at home, good luck and God bless. We will see you on Monday. Peace.